We're going to talk a little bit this week on Mamish, the first Pasuk of the Parsha. And it's a Gewaldige Avoida for Chodesh Elul because it's a very generic Yesoid. The first words of the Parsha is Re'ei Anoichi. So obviously the question is, what is Re'ei? What does the what does the word re imply? Re you should see. It should say da. Da, you should know. You're not looking at anything. You're you have to know what's Chaim and Toiv, you have to know what's the right thing to do. So it should say da, not re. Famous Kasha, many, many different answers are given. Another very Fascinating idea in this week's parsha is the whole idea of Novi Sheker and Mesis with his tremendous punishments both for the person who says over falsehood in the name of Hashem and for the people that buy into it. And even if it's a if it's an ear showing, it's tremendous oinish for that. What's the what's the lekach, what's the musr of that? Of the, the tremendous responsibility the Torah gives on us not to listen to a Novi Shek or an Amasis. Lastly, I want to talk a little bit about the Indian of the Chazakta Ish. We find that David Amelech, his last Savor to his his son Shlem Amelech, before he dies, he says, the Chazakta you should be a man. Why is that the last Savor? That seems to be a very parva. You like to hear it, Savor, that the father said you should learn 20 hours a day, you should go to Mikveh, you should fast Monday and Thursday. What's the Mechazakta Vayisalish? Lemais, if you look at the title Ish, it's a very important title. Title Ish is used by every time a boy becomes Bar Mitzvah. We call him an Ish. Chavetz Chaim says that when it comes to chesed, he says there's something that we call an ish chesed. He says there's an ish chesed, even in the Lashon HaTorah. And there's an oise chesed. The Chavetz Chaim is oimed on what's the difference. And he says the oise chesed is somebody who does chesed. And ish chesed is that's his metzias. That's who he is. So again, you see the word ish carries tremendous chashivas. Uh, the word ish. Additionally, the Gon, famous Gon in Vilna, in his Hagdomet to Sefer Eiv, he talks about the word Ish. And he actually says that the word Ish could mean a God Lado, the title Ish, which tells us even more than that. It's Chazal saying Mesecha Shabbos, that Ish, Ish Yerushalayim, what's Ish Yerushalayim? Sarashi says, Odom God will be Yerushalayim. So the, the idea is that that's an ish is dafka somebody who's great. The Melosh Tanchume, Parsha Shmini, says the same thing about Elimelech. Fayelech Ishmi Beis Lechem Yehude. The Melosh Tanchume says a name them ish. The only the title of ish is only for Adam Choshev. So Shlomo Melech tells his son, "I want you to be that ish, whatever ish is. That's that's what I want you to be." So what does that mean? Why is Ish such a captivating term? And I feel it connects to the whole idea of Re'eh, 
of this week's parasha, of seeing, what it means to see. And I'll tell you a, a very interesting maise that I once heard from one of the Magide Klal Yisrael, Rabshom Shadron, a gewaldic idea. Gewaldic idea, and I heard a very similar idea from Rav Motel Gifter. Rav Shol Shadron said the following marshal. First, I'll tell you what his idea was, then I'll tell you the marshal. His idea was that anytime you have no doubt, if something is 100% clear to you, even if the whole world tells you you're wrong, you're not misplaced. See, even though the Rambam writes that a person has tremendous hashpah from his environment, which is true, but that's only because there's a part of you that's a little bit in doubt. If you have 1% doubt, then people could influence you. If you, if you have 1% doubt, you see everybody thinks not like you, you think maybe they're right. If you're 100% right, you're 100% sure that you're right, then you don't get, you, you, you rock solid. You don't, you're, not, you're not budging. And he gave a, the following marshal. I don't know if this was a Maiser Shahi or not, but I'll tell you what the what the what the marshal was. There was a court case, court case against a murderer, capital punishment, and the prosecutors presented a very powerful case with much of circumstantial evidence, and they did their closing arguments. And they said, basically, this guy, they told the jury, you have no choice. This is somebody you got to convict. It's so it's as clear as day. Came time for the defense attorney to get up to speak. So the defense attorney gets up and he says, you know, it's true. First, he sounds like he's a prosecutor. He says the prosecution presented such an unbelievable case. It sounds gewaldic. He says, but I just want to bring one point, he says. I want to let all of you know that all of the circumstantial evidence that was brought to the court is worthless. Because the victim is still alive. The guy they claim is dead, he's alive. Not only he's alive, in five minutes from now, on the clock, he's walking into this courtroom. From that door. There was a hush in the room. Everybody's waiting for that five minutes. And five minutes, everybody looks to the back to see, waiting for this guy to come running in the door. He didn't come running in. So everybody looks at the defense, defense attorney and they say, what, what did you do? You made a joke out of the court. You made a mockery. He says, no, I just won the case. So what do you mean you won the case? He says... Every person in this room looked to the door. Why'd you look to the door? That means all of you had doubt. Maybe the guy's going to walk through the door. Why You didn't look at me like I'm a clown. That means after all the circumstantial evidence that was presented, you still have a doubt. If you have a doubt, if there's reasonable doubt, you can't convict. I win the case. Anyway, they take a recess, come back with a guilty verdict, and the judge gives an explanation. And the defense attorney is, is baffled. The judge says very simply, he says, actually, you proved that your client is guilty. Proof, I can't, what do you mean? 
He says, I'll tell you something. Everybody was looking at the door. He says, I'll tell you the truth. Even I was looking at the door. With one of my eyes, I was looking at the door. The other eye, I was looking at, at the defendant. He's the only one in the room that didn't look to the back of the door. Why didn't he look to the back? Because he knew nobody's walking through that door. He killed the guy. He knew it's impossible. If there would have been even a shadow of doubt, he would have been looking at the door. He knew there wasn't even one iota of doubt that that guy's not going through the door. If a person, if his emun in the Rabbani Shalel, right, if his understanding in the Rabbani Shalel, understanding of Torah is iron, ironclad, no ruach in the world is going to go ahead and bend you. Tovar HaMelech says in Tehillim, and we're going to start saying this, this coming week, we're going to say, L'dover HaShem O'yri V'yishi, we say in Lutovra Hashem Oyivishi Achashalti Mesa Hashem Oisa Havakesh. Tovra Melch says, I asked for one question. And then he says, Shifti Bivesa Hashem, Lachsas Binayam Hashem, a whole shopping list. First he says, I'm only asking for one thing. Achashalti Mesa Hashem. Then he goes, he asks for a whole shopping list. So the Yalkut Shemoni in Tehillim on this Posak, in Remez Tov Shinvov. The Yalkut Shemoni says, Dov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Dov and HaMelech with a Taina. Omer HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Dovit, Mitchila Bikashto Bakosha Achas, you said you're asking for one thing. Achashalti. And now, Vinei Moinata Bakosha is Rabbis, Shifti Beveis Hashem, Lachzus Benoyam Hashem, Yastireni Besei Seroloi, a whole shopping list. V'chizen Nikra Achashalti. That's one question. Zok Tovid Amelech Ta Hashem. You're right. Omar Dovid Lakodish Borchu. So Dovid tells Lakodish Borchu. You should know. Rebbeinu Shaloylam Mimcholomadti. I learned it from you. Hashem, I learned my my shtick, my yeshiva shtick, my Yiddish shtick. I learned from you. What do you say in the Torah? We had it in last week's parasha. What do you ask? One thing. And then what does it say afterwards? It says, the Rebbe gives a whole shopping list. Says David Amelach Hashem, you do the same thing. Whatever I'm doing, you're doing. Frekta Afla. Ask the holy Afla. How did David answer the question? Hashem says, you 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 ask for one thing, then you give me a shopping list. He says, What you also? That's another kasha. So you have a kasha on Hashem? So the Afla says a beautiful terrace. The Afla says sometimes you have one characteristic. That characteristic changes your life. That makes you a different person. You're an entirely different person. Hashem, when Hashem tells us we should have Yerushalayim, and then he gives a shopping list, Hashem is not asking for more things. Hashem is saying, if we're going to have Yerushalayim, then all these things of Amel are going to come. Like Miri said, Yerushalayim. If we ask for Yerushalayim, everything will be there. 
Yiras Hashem Lekecha, Lelechaz Bechol Drochov, Laavas Hashem Lekecha. It's all, if you have Yiras Shemaim, you have everything. So David, Hashem wasn't fooling us, saying I'm only asking you for one thing and then giving you a shopping list. Similarly, David HaMach told Hashem, Hashem, I'm only asking that I should be able to be committed to Torah. If I'll be committed to Torah, then all those other things will mamela be there. Azoi is the haflo masber. That's how the haflo is masber, this idea. So my friends, I think that that's Poshab Shat in Re'ei. Hashem is demanding from us that we should have clarity that our commitment to the Torah should be with clarity. It should be like Re'eh. It should be something we see. And if we see it, then the bracha mamel is miskayim. If we see it and we understand it on that level, and we're committed to live up to that level, then mamela, no matter what comes in our way, not going to move us. We're not going to get influenced. I'll end off with an idea from... Hagoyen Revel Yashiv Zechatzadik Livrocha, the Paisik Hador. Revel Yashiv is aiming on the Bryson Mesechas Kedushin. A father is chayiv to teach his son how to swim. Right? V'yeshemer Mafla Ashito, nor you have to teach him how to swim. So there's many different people who Why do you have to teach your son how to swim? Right? So, some learn because it's, it's dangerous, you could drown. So they say, if that's the case, you should you should train him how to have security and how to shoot and how to any danger that comes his way. Why dafka swimming? Why dafka swimming? There's all kinds of pirusha. Revel Yashiv had a beautiful pshat in La Shite Benar. He said like this. He said swimming is not just to stay on top of the water. That's called floating. It's floating. Floating, many things float. I don't know if the island remembers from your early days, the elementary school science, but basically anything that's less dense than water floats. That's why hollow things float. Even a big, huge boat that's hollow floats, right? As long as the density, you remember from the early days, the molecules, the more they're condensed, the more they're, the more they create more density. So anything that has less, basically, that's less dense than water is going to float, the Metzius. But that floats. But a floating thing is not swimming. A floating thing goes wherever the water takes it, it goes. That's a floating thing. A floating thing doesn't, doesn't have its own direction. A swimmer, right? You look, look at the Olympian swimmers. A swimmer could swim against the current. The strength of a swimmer is he's directed, he goes. Now the water doesn't take him. He goes where he goes. He goes against the tide. The job of a father is to teach his son, don't follow the tides. Go against it. Learn how to swim. Don't just follow. Don't follow the sheep like a behemoth. That's what a real Jew is. A real Jew has to understand that he has to have an atzmius and he has to do Hashem's avoida, even if it's connected the tide. And that's how Rebbe Yashav beautifully explained the idea of La Shito Ibnar, the idea of, of teaching him how to swim. And that's what David HaMelech told his son, V'chazakta V'ayisalish. V'chazakta V'ayisalish, you should be an ish. You should be a man. You should be able to go against the current. 
That's why every bar mitzvah is called an ish, because your avodas Hashem is that you have to misgaber over the things around you and become become that that ish hashoim. And that's the reason why the title ish is so important. Perhaps you could say the same thing with chesed along the lines of the Chavetz Chaim. A Baal chesed, somebody who does chesed, the oisah chesed, somebody does chesed, but then a lot of times you have a chesed that people are not interested in doing. It's not popular. It's not something that gives him a reputation. It's not for the hackers. And Fakert, an Ish Chesed is somebody who, he, he does Chesed even when it's connected to current. That's, that's, that's the chil between being an Ish and not being an Ish. And that's really one of the messages that's underlying in our parsha of Parsha's Re'eh.